Okay, folks, tell me if this doesn't give you deja vu. Saw this on Twitter. Armed gunmen in Caesars Palace, Vegas. There's a SWAT team there. The hotel's been evacuated. The area sealed off, and there's negotiations on the scene. You can see this video, big old broken window. I don't know what the hell he threw out of there. When I first looked at this, I'm like, wait a minute. But then it reminded me, oh, I don't know. Anybody else remember the Las Vegas Country Music Festival and the 2017 shooting? Rolling Stone. Five years since the Route 91 massacre, no one knows a damn thing. Uh, uh, We're back. We're here in 2023. This was last year. We are nine months or so since that article, 10 months since that article, and we still don't know a damn thing. But I don't know, this visual sure brought back a flashback, broken windows, broken windows. That's right. I'm talking about a flashback of supposed shooter Mr. Paddock shooting out of Mandalay Bay into the folks over at the uh, Harvest Festival country music concert down below of which, oh, how many people died? 50, 58, 60? Mr. Paddock was in that room. Was it one person or was it three prostitutes? Was there one shooter or multiple shooters? Why don't we revisit the Las Vegas massacre? Before we do that, let me just give you the news that I have as of right now coming out of the local news, Las Vegas Fox 5, KVVU-TV. Las Vegas police SWAT involved in standoff with man holding woman hostage in Caesars Palace and hotel room. Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department have responded to a barricaded subject with a hostage at Caesars Palace Hotel since Tuesday morning. According to authorities, they received a report of possible situation at about 9.15 a.m. When they went to the room, a male inside said he was armed and refused to come out. We continue to follow breaking news. Metro Police are working a barricade situation at Caesars Palace. This began around 9 this morning. 8 News Now reporter Ryan Matthew joins us live from the scene. Ryan. Yeah, Ozzy, it's still a very active scene at this hotel right now. What police just told us minutes ago, a man by force took a woman inside of a hotel room, locked that door, and what they said, they have not recorded any reports of a shooting, though initial reports of shots being fired might have been mistaken from items being thrown outside of that hotel room, breaking the glass window, which landed in a nearby pool. Again, this reminds me of the Las Vegas shooting. We'll get to that in a second. I'm not saying that this is anything but what they're reporting, folks. I'm just saying... This reminds me of what happened October 1st, 2017, where multiple multiple people said they heard multiple gunshots, but they were mistaken. There's only one shooter. Now coming up on your screen right now is what we saw when we rolled onto the scene just a couple hours ago. Police say about 9.15 this morning, dispatch got a call of a domestic disturbance at the hotel. When they tried contacting the man inside of the room, he refused to open the door and said he was armed. As for the female taken inside of the room, police have not been able to confirm what the relation is between her and the male, but this is what a police officer just told us about her status minutes ago. 
she is still in the room at this time. There are negotiators obviously talking to the subject, trying to get him out. The female has been heard from and at this point is still okay. All right, folks, that's a developing story. I might have an update for you tomorrow. I'm just using it as a launch pad to looking at what happened on October 1st, 2017, the Las Vegas shooting massacre. Let's start off with what the official narrative is, what the official story was as reported by the mainstream media. In a matter of seconds, a country music festival turned tragic, a storm of gunfire raining down upon an innocent crowd. He was shooting everybody, and there was dead people everywhere, and I don't even know what was happening. There was just, he was just shooting randomly. It started at 10.08 p.m. First reports of shots fired as singer Jason Aldean performed. Initially, there was confusion, many wondering if the sounds were part of the show. It's fireworks. It's fireworks. Stop. It's fireworks. But they quickly realized what was happening. Now, I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit, but the official narrative is that Mr. Paddock was the lone shooter shooting people from the Mandalay Bay into the concert goers down below. Now, these are particular type of concert goer that would be a little bit different than maybe, I don't know, a pop star or a K-pop or even a rap concert. These are country music enthusiasts. Now, I'm not trying to stereotype here. Many of you listen to country music, not my cup of tea. But I can tell you something about many of the country music listeners and fans that I know. These are true blue Americans who like guns, who are guns enthusiasts, and know the sounds of shot uh, of gunshot when they hear it. Not only that, there are some people, I am sure within this crowd, who are such big gun enthusiasts that they probably can recognize the different types of ammunition used, the different types of guns. They could probably tell the difference between a shotgun, not a very tough one, but the difference between a shotgun a handgun, an automatic, a semi-automatic. Folks that could probably even tell you like what kind of shooting there is. But you don't have to be an expert to know if maybe those gunshots are coming from far away or from within the fairgrounds of where the concert's taking place. In other words, there are lots of people that day that said, Shooting was happening from within the fairgrounds, but of course the narrative was almost immediately that there was a lone shooter shooting into the fairgrounds. But if you go back to the footage of that day, the little bit that exists, you'll get evidence of that. Shooting in the fairgrounds, not coming into the fairgrounds from above. We have an active shooter. We have an active shooter inside the fairgrounds. People were calling the police there's a shooter inside the fairgrounds. Turns out, multiple reports of multiple multiple shooters inside the fairgrounds. But the narrative quickly became an active shooter, Lone Wolf from Mandalay Bay. These hallowed grounds tell a tragic story. Over the last year, much of that night has remained a mystery. We're trying to get more. At first, all we knew was what we saw captured on cell phones. But after a 10-month-long investigation by law enforcement in coordination with MGM, using surveillance cameras, Let's go. Let's go. body cameras, 
and a 3D model. 32nd floor. We can now present one of the most comprehensive views of a mass shooting ever. September 25th, 2017, security camera footage captures Stephen Paddock arriving at the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino six days before the attack. He's a high roller, a regular at the hotel. He was a very typical guest. He was, in our estimation, the lowest risk type of individual. No alarm bells going off. Paddock checks into a suite on the 32nd floor, and he's given the VIP treatment, allowed to bring his luggage up through a service elevator. Over the course of his stay, he makes several trips to his house in Mesquite, Nevada, and brings in case after case after case of luggage. 21 suitcases in all, full of guns and ammunition. The investigation shows on October 1st, he orders room service and rigs surveillance cameras before he brings in a final batch of suitcases and locks himself in his room. That night at 9.40 p.m., Mandalay Bay security officer Jesus Campos is on a routine security check assigned to a room alarm on the 32nd floor. This was the last call of my night. You were heading home in your head. In my head, I was home free after this. He has no idea he's about to become an accidental hero on what would become one of the most horrific nights in American history. Ah, Jesus Campos, Jesus Campos. My breakdown of Jesus Campos, and I, I have a copy of that video, I believe, on one of my old computer backups from 2018. Jesus Campos and a video I made on YouTube a few months after this, when he was doing his... He was on Ellen DeGeneres' show. Jesus Campos is a liar, and what he says happened is a lie. We broke this. I broke this down extensively on YouTube, and it's one of the first videos, though not the first video, I had taken down by YouTube. This is before they became really draconian, and obviously they took down my entire channel for talking about Ray Epps. Hmm. I guess if I wanted to have a career on YouTube, I should not be the man exposing the lies and conspiracies of the deep state. The first video actually got taken down by YouTube was a video on Seth Rich in which I showed Julian Hassange on that show, that Dutch television show, pretty much saying that he's offering a reward because it's very dangerous to speak to. And obviously this was before he was uh, in the imprisoned almost in the Ecuadorian embassy in London and before they raided him, they raided that and took him out and put him in prison. Donald Trump has had a disastrous few weeks. If you look at the polls, he needs a miracle. Um, in the American political lexicon, there's such a thing as the October surprise. The stuff that you're sitting on, is, is an October surprise in there? We Do you even know what you're sitting on? WikiLeaks never sits on material. Uh, uh, whistleblowers go to significant efforts to get us material and often very significant risks. As a 27-year-old that uh, works for the DNC, who was shot in the back, murdered uh, just two weeks ago uh, for un unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. So that was, that was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? No, it's, there's no finding. So uh, that's what are you the suggesting? Sort of, what are you suggesting? What, I'm suggesting that our sources uh, take risks, and they are—they become concerned uh, to see things occurring uh, like that. But was he one uh, of your sources then? I mean, 
we don't comment on who our sources but are. But why make the suggestion about a young guy being shot in the streets of Washington? Because uh, we have to understand uh, how high the stakes are uh, in the United States and that our sources are, you know, our sources face serious risks. Uh, that's why they come to us, so we can protect uh, their anonymity. Uh, but it's quite something and, to suggest a murder. So, that's basically what you're doing. Well, that others have have suggested that uh, we are investigating to understand uh, what happened uh, in that situation with Seth Rich. I think it is uh, a concerning situation. I, there's not a conclusion yet. We, we wouldn't be willing to um, state a conclusion, but we are concerned about it. And more importantly. Um, a variety of WikiLeaks sources are concerned when that kind of thing happens. The first time I ever got hit by YouTube and had a video taken down was when I reported on, on that, on Julian Assange pretty much outing Seth Rich as one of their WikiLeak leakers. This may have been the second or third or fourth video I had taken down was breaking down Jesus Campos and his lies. There's just so many inconsistencies and I broke down his telling of what happened on Ellen DeGeneres. But this is the, supposedly the official narrative according to ABC News, the powers that be, Jesus Campos, etc. Since Monday, there have been many questions for us to release a timeline, and today we have one. 10.05, the first shots fired by the suspect. 10.15, the last shots were are fired. 10.17, the officers arrive on the 32nd floor. 1018, security officer tells the LVMPD officers he was shot and gives the exact location of his room. So, Jesus, you're the security officer, and, uh, and, uh, and you were called to check on a door that was, I guess when a door is left open for a certain amount of time, you're, you're supposed to go check on it, right? Yes, we got notifications, making sure that uh, uh, to secure them, or if they were already been secured, just uh, making that... Uh, that check on the doors. Okay, so you were going up the fire escape to get there? Uh, via the stairwell. From, mm -hmm. I was coming from the 31st up to the 32nd. Right. Uh, when I approached the door, uh, it didn't open, and it, it was blocked off, so I had to reroute. Um, I Is that a normal thing, that the door at the fire escape, or the stairwell would be blocked off? No, they're always supposed to remain open. Right. And so... Um, after I would drop down and then came back through the hallway. Uh, and then I approached the room, got into the door. Uh, there was a metal bracket holding the door in place. Right. So what we're talking about here, just so everybody is clear. Okay. So this is where the, the hotel room was, where the shooter was. This is the stairway, where, and this door here was blocked. And you didn't know that till you came up in the, in, through the elevator and went through this door and saw that there was something blocking that door. And, and when you saw that, did you think, that's weird? Why would somebody put brackets on a door? Yeah, that, that's just uh, out of the ordinary. It's that was the normal. beginning? Yeah. Okay. And then you walk out of this, and this just slammed? Um, well, when I was in between that area, I was calling uh, security dispatch to get transferred to engineering. Uh, they didn't know anything about it, so uh, they dispatched an engineer to uh, go uh, verify what that was. Um, That's when you got called? Yes. Okay. And at that time, I heard uh, what I assumed it was drilling sounds, and I, I believe that they were in the area working somehow. 
So you thought the drilling, it, they were gunshots, but you thought it was just drilling sounds. At first, uh, I think it was just drilling sounds. Right. Because, of course, pop, 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 sounds like of drilling sounds. It was shady in 2017, and as I'm revisiting it almost six years later, five and a half years later, it continues to be super, super shady. So then at what point did you get shot? What happens here? Um, as that door's closing and it's so heavy, uh, it'll, it'll slam. I'm walking down this way, and I believe that's what um, caught uh, the shooter's attention. Um, as I was walking down, um, I heard rapid fire. And at first, I, I took cover. I felt the burning sensation. I went to go lift my pant leg up, and I saw the blood. That's when I called it in on my radio that shots have been fired. And I was going to say that I was hit, but I uh, got all over my cell phone just to clear that radio traffic for they can coordinate uh, the, the rest of the call. Now, you may have noticed, and I remember pointing this out when I did this. Wow, it's so, it's so interesting and fun. Let me know if you want me to do this. Not fun that this happened, but it is kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. To revisit conspiracies and not conspiracy theories. This is a conspiracy fact. We just don't know all the details. We don't know what we don't know. But there's a conspiracy, absolutely there was, when it comes to the, the shooting massacre of 2017. But it, I, I've got to tell you, it's very surreal to go back and look at this again. I remember reporting, uh, you know, the, the supposed other guy there, uh, Stephen, who's touching his back, uh, like looks like to comfort him, but looks like it may be giving him signals on what to say and what not to say. So anyway, let's finish the official timeline. 11.20, officers entered the suspect's room. They observed the suspect down on the ground. Now remember when we were reporting on this and this, this story broke, what did we report? What was the original re reporting? That there may have been a shootout or some, some some sort of exchange between the police and Paddock. But then that, wouldn't, that narrative would not have worked because Jesus Campos said that Stephen Paddock heard him and shot him. So... They had to backtrack on that narrative. So now the official narrative is that Stephen Paddock shot himself before the cops arrived. But that wasn't the original reporting. A gunman perched on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Resort had opened fire on 22,000 concert goers. We got about 40 to 50 people were pinned against this wall. All of them scrambling to find shelter wherever they could. And then one after the other and we were laying down on the floor i didn't know to get up to run to, to stay to duck at 11 20 an hour and 12 minutes after the shooting began the swat team busted into the gunman's hotel room the audience on the 32nd floor squad has explosive breach everyone in the hallway needs to move back all units move back breach 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 Inside, they found 64-year-old Stephen Paddock dead. The sheriff says he killed himself. The second thing is the authorities have now clarified how Stephen Paddock died. They say that when they breached the room, when they got inside the hotel room, he was dead. So he apparently shot himself. Uh, we know that he had a large number of weapons. We know that he had rifles in the room. We also know that he recently purchased two handguns. So he could have shot himself with one of the handguns. We don't know uh, the circumstances of that shooting, but the authorities have confirmed now that 
he shot himself. They did not kill him uh, after breaching and getting inside the hotel room. So there's many things we could look at when it comes to this. Let me know if you want me to delve deeper into this old conspiracy. But the two major things, because I remember covering it at the time, that I think are important to know, besides the, f the fact that ISIS, and this could have been a false flag terror attack or what have you, just two things that you don't even have to go down the deep uh, the rabbit hole, was one, that there were initial reports that there were multiple shooters. Jesus Campos' story is bunk. I said two, right? Three, that the police originally was reported had killed Stephen Paddock. Then it turned out later that he shot himself. I mean, dead men tell no tales, right? We learned that from Disney's uh, ride. And also, I think they put in the movies of Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Uh, you get rid of someone that's going to tell the truth. Like if you're a CIA shooter or an insider or someone who's involved in the false flag and you get caught by someone like Jesus Campos, then you control the narrative of one Jesus Campos and then you say the guy killed himself. So let's look at some of these, not all of them, but let's look at a couple of these anomalies, if you will. The surveillance footage is remarkable in its banality. It shows Stephen Paddock, the Las Vegas gunman, in the days before his mass shooting. He cuts a lonesome figure as he moves through the Mandalay Bay Hotel, playing video poker for hours in the casino, buying snacks at a newsstand, watching a LeBron James interview in a restaurant, and at times chatting with hotel staff. But this picture of an ordinary gambler disguises a far more sinister intent. Through this previously unseen footage, we'll show how Paddock methodically planned his attack and how, over seven days, hotel staff unwittingly helped him to move bag after bag of weapons to his room. And let's start with the lone wolf gunman. If we go back to actual footage and what people and witnesses said at the time, there wasn't just shots coming from Mandalay Bay. Oh, some people said it was as if there were helicopters above them people shooting from the Hooters across the street. Well, let's go back to that. And folks, this is raw video with raw emotions. I am not going to edit it for language. Not one guy did not do all this. There is no way. Holy shit. This motherfucker's still ringing out right now. What is that? Okay, babe, let's go, let's go, let's go. That's close, that's real close. And then I moved. Oh, we just, our SWAT took down one suspect on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay they Bay. They did. Yeah. That's high power though. They're all, all the pronouns I did were all headshots, bro. But, I, uh, but we know. Um, and we have, we have multiple different calibers. So I'm just saying we have at least one suspect down. There's most likely more than one. Yeah, that's fucking dead center. Fucking center, dude. All right. Yeah. Shit. That guy, see, same thing, that guy was a fucking headshot right in the fucking yeah, forehead. What the fuck, man? It can't be that many headshots in these, no, with that amount of people over here. That would be targeted. It has to be targeted. We're getting over now, and now we're running across the street, and we hear shots coming from, like, Hooters, MGM area. 
over there. There were shots coming from over there, and there were shots going from Mandalay Bay. Every other person that I've talked to that did get unfortunately hit as well have all said the same things. They know that there was multiple shooters. Sounded like there were a dozen shooters. The New York, New York Excalibur shooting was right outside. It wasn't inside. It was outside. We saw the muzzle flashes. I don't want to. I just found it in the street, brother. Two, three, three, right here. Anyone got a glue? Okay. Yeah. I don't think any help. That's what I want you to know. Love it. Somebody handed me a 223 round they found on the ground outside. Outside there? That's not a 223. Somebody was coming in from the. We're here. It'd be the north side. North side? Yep, somebody's okay. coming in. How many? Just one? Just one. They kept coming. That's the thing. They, it wasn't that, okay, let's all leave and now it's okay. No. We all started running and they came in. That's why there's no physically, human, physically, humanly possible way that that guy, that was the only shooter. It's definitely someone on the ground. Concert. I'm waiting for somebody to come through that entrance because it sounds like they're on the ground. The gunfires uh, approaching where we were. They just started getting closer and closer and louder and louder. And I, I knew we were getting gunshots that were closer to us than where they originally started. And that's when we knew we, we had to run. All I know is that the burst of shots were very quick and they didn't last long. They were not 15 seconds long like the Mandalay Bay shooter was. Now it sounds like it's coming from um, farther away. There was also shooting going on inside of the Mandalay Bay. It sounded like more than one machine gun, and it just didn't stop. We heard gunshots from around the corner. We were in the, uh, the Delano, right next to a walkway that connects the Mandalay Bay at the Delano. Multiple shots fired. It we were like. on the furthest. We were the furthest VIP stages away from Mandalay Bay, and they were ricocheting everywhere where we were. So I, it, it was. They were firing from somewhere high, and they were unloading clip after clip after clip after clip. There's a shooter. You believe multiple shooters. Multiple shooters. Multiple, it has to be. Starting at 9.38, radar shows that three helicopters supposedly registered to Mustang Leasing depart from the vicinity of Mavericks and head north off screen. And you can see their call signs, their tail numbers. That third one turned its transponder on a little bit late. Five minutes later at 9.45, the same three helicopters that left earlier begin to return from the north, head south across the strip, and then stop and begin to hover above the Mandalay Bay area for several minutes. By 9.50, all three helicopters hovering above Mandalay Bay turn off their transponders 15 minutes before the shooting begins, and they do not go back on until after the shooting at the festival ceases. We know they were physically there because multiple eyewitnesses and videos catch them going back and forth between Luxa and the Mandalay Bay throughout the shooting. At 9.55, a helicopter blips on screen with no call sign and heads north out of the area, followed by another one about a minute later, also without a call sign, and they both head north. But it flew low enough that I could see that there was a black curtain, the door was open, and the color of the instrument panel. It flew right over our heads. As soon as it got in front of Mandalay Bay, it kind of rose up in altitude, and that's when we heard the gunshots. I turned to my left immediately, looked up 
at the helicopter and it was just like what the hell that was automatic gunfire i'm thinking to myself my girlfriend responds to me she goes babe did you hear that helicopter and i go what about that helicopter she says it sounded funny and i go what do you mean it sounded funny she goes it just sounded weird i go that wasn't the helicopter that was automatic gunfire and then as we're talking about it, I turn my head to my left again and I look at the helicopter and I see it circle around Mandalay Bay towards the back end of it and there's no gunshots. As soon as it comes back to the front of Mandalay Bay, you hear the brrrr again and then it flies off again. Tell what that night, but I just, for some reason, I just knew it was coming out of that helicopter. But I was so unbelievably certain that it was coming from the helicopter. Yes, we have all kinds of help on the way, okay? Everything's going to be okay. We're getting officers out there. Okay. Yeah, he's going to get officers on the, on the sky. He's flying in a helicopter. You think he's in a helicopter? Yes. I almost felt like there was a helicopter above us shooting. It was so bizarre, like a war sound. Um, There's an active shooter on the airport. Uh, this is a blanket broadcast for all aircraft. Uh, just a heads up. Crazy, huh? Lone shooter, yet multiple reports from Clarissa and another man and others that there was a black helicopter circling around Mandalay Bay, but shooting when in front of Mandalay Bay. And then as you heard eyewitnesses there, there were people shooting from within side, across the street and other places. Multiple headshots. Now, if you're shooting down into a crowd of people and they're piling like that, yeah, you might have a couple of headshots from the top of the head. But some of these people were shot point blank in the back or the front of their head. If you're starting to think Lee Harvey Oswald and magic bullets and guns, uh, we got a resurrection of that crazy theory yet again in 2017. Okay, how about the fact that there were lots of other shootings reported, not just there, but Planet Hollywood and other places around the same time? All of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of shooting events in the same city in the same evening when that's generally not the case. Let's start off with some 911 calls and go from there. Hey, yes, we need police. Mark, uh, this is a security at Flamingo. We just got a call right now saying shots fired in the back parking lot. This is fucking crazy. There's a shooter in front of Hollywood. Right across from the airy sign, and there is somebody going batshit crazy with a gun on the bridge right across from the airy uh, sign. Out of Paris. Out of Paris? Yeah. They said at the bottom of Delano, the, the casino level of the Delano, and uh, I saw two gunmen with um, look like AR-15 type rifles come around the corner. So the lone shooter from Mandalay Bay 
was accompanied by other shooters as well. In this report, we there were shootings from Planet Hollywood per 911 calls at the uh, Cosmopolitan, a man called in. Seeing, you saw something at Aria. You don't need to know Las Vegas. These are just the names of other hotels that simply are not Mandalay Bay. Shots fired at Caesars Palace and Bellagio. Gunfire uh, reported at the Delano. And that last clip I played was actually police officers with their body cams, for those of you listening to this, outside the Bellagio at 11.58 p.m. Now, if we go back to the timeline, let's go back to Jesus Campos. Now, folks, forgive me because this was not at all intended, and I'm going to grab all these sources, and a lot of the sources that were there before are no longer there. Surprise, surprise. But let's go back to just two weeks after the shooting when the timeline was changing. Now, I showed you the timeline officially about Jesus Campos. But guess what? Jesus Campos' timeline story changed. And who was one of the people that brought this to you besides yours truly? That's right. Tucker Carlson on Fox News. Let's go back to two weeks after the shooting, two weeks into October 2017. It's been nearly two weeks since the horrifying shootings in Las Vegas, and unbelievably, nobody seems able to answer even the most basic questions about what actually happened. Police initially told us that Stephen Paddock shot a hotel security guard in the hallway outside his room after he'd finished murdering more than 50 people on the plaza below. Then authorities changed that timeline. What actually happened, investigators explained, was that at 9.59 p.m. that night, Paddock shot guard Jesus Campos in the leg after firing about 200 rifle rounds through the hotel room door. Then Paddock waited another six minutes for some reason before opening fire on the crowd. Once that rampage ended, it was another hour before police entered his room and found Paddock dead. That was the explanation as of a few hours ago. Didn't make sense, but they were going with it. Now there's a new account. In a statement just this afternoon, the company that owns the hotel where Paddock was staying says it has concluded that police are all wrong about what happened. Actually, the hotel says armed security officers rushed to Stephen Paddock's room, quote, immediately after the shooting first began. How did they respond when they got there? Why was Paddock able to continue shooting? We still don't know the answers to those questions. But that's just the beginning of what we don't know about this case. At 9.59, security guard Jesus Campos is doing his rounds on door jar alarms and however long that takes him. He couldn't open the stairwell to 32, so he goes back down a floor to take the elevator up instead. He reports the barricaded door and hearing what he thought were rapid drilling sounds while checking on the other room, implying the shooting was already going on at the time. That's when bullets come down the hall through Paddock's closed door at him. Now, I just want to go back to Jesus Campos because this is something I reported on and... I have a little more clarity on because I spent a lot of time at that time looking into it. Once again, folks, this is kind of just in last minute video. I just thought it'd be interesting to put this together. Jesus Campos. Interesting. Was he shot earlier or was he shot later? And there's some shady stuff about Jesus Campos. Besides, obviously, when he was talking to Ellen DeGeneres, I remember calling, uh, I, 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 covered this and I paused it to show you all the times he's looking at a handler or someone off 
camera. Ellen DeGeneres is also very, very nervous in this interview. You can tell that there are CIA handlers telling her what to say and what to show so they can do this narrative. But one thing that we never really got an answer on is why is the witness to the biggest mass shooting or one of the biggest mass shootings in uh, American history, why did he go to Mexico a week afterward? Why was he allowed to leave the country? What was he doing? What was really happening? Tonight, we're learning Mandalay Bay security guard Jesus Campos, who was shot in the leg by the one October gunman, is reportedly no longer staying in an MGM property. According to the Review Journal, his attorney won't say where he is now or what he's doing, only saying Campos is adjusting to life after October 1st and is healing both physically and emotionally. We received this document from a confidential source this afternoon. It's a Customs and Border Patrol form, and it shows that Jesus Campos entered the United States from Mexico at the San Ysidro border crossing in San Diego County almost exactly to the hour one week after the Las Vegas shooting at the beginning of October. Now, the document does not reveal how long Campos had been in Mexico. Our source told us that Campos entered the U.S. at the same crossing in January of this year, at that time, he was driving his own vehicle with Nevada plates. And yet, in this document from a little over two weeks ago, Campos was driving what appears to be a rental car with California plates. Now, this information raises a number of questions about the Las Vegas investigation and the crime itself. Jesus Campos is the only eyewitness to the biggest mass shooting in modern American history. At the time he was in Mexico, the press was reporting that investigators thought Paddock, Stephen Paddock, may have had an accomplice in these killings. Why did authorities allow Campos to leave the country just days after the shooting, while the investigation was still chaotic and, of course, ongoing? How did Campos, who reportedly had a gunshot wound to the leg from a high-powered rifle round, manage to travel to Mexico? Did he fly? Did he drive? Was his employer aware that he left the country? Were investigators aware? Did they facilitate the trip? What day did Campos get to Mexico? How was he able to drive back for hundreds of miles from the San Diego border back to Las Vegas? Why did he take a rental car instead of his own car? The union that represents Campos told us they were aware that he left the country. They claim it was a pre-planned visit. Why did it take a government leak for the rest of us to find that out? Heroes from first responders to fellow concert goers have been shared almost daily in the aftermath of the mass shooting at the Route 91 Harvest Festival. Bodice Chief Investigator Darcy Spears reports there's one account that remains a mystery. One story that remains untold, but that everyone wants to hear is that of security officer Jesus Campos. Campos's home lies behind multiple no trespassing signs saying no media on property. He was scheduled to talk to all the national networks last week, but his union had to abruptly cancel those appearances when Campos disappeared from the hotel suite where they were meeting. The International Union of Security Police and Fire Professionals had just honored Jesus Campos with a hero award and were preparing to help him share his story with the world. But the union president says he hasn't heard from Campos since last Thursday afternoon. That's when he says Campos, a security guard MGM hired to protect him, and a local union rep left without notice. He got a text saying they were taking Campos to a quick care, but hasn't heard anything since. This man, wearing a logo shirt from a private security company, was parked in a truck in the neighbor's driveway next to Campos's East Las Vegas home. He came out and stood watch while we were outside the house. MGM Resort says the 24-year-old Campos has worked for Mandalay Bay since February 2015 and remains currently employed, although he is presently on paid leave. 
Why would investigators allow Jesus Campos, who again was the sole eyewitness that we know of, to the shooting from within the building to leave the country shortly after while the investigation is still going on. I'm baffled by that. It's very strange, Tucker. I mean, think about it. There's really no guarantee he's ever going to return. He's not under arrest. Um, he, he's not under any court order to stay in the country. I mean, they're limited legally what they can do to order him to stay. But it's just confusing. I mean, even I was thinking about this before we went on this segment here, and I'm thinking even the most innocent of explanations, right? I mean, he's a witness and a victim of one of the most horrific crimes in American history. Obviously, incredibly psychologically traumatizing. An innocent explanation, maybe he has family down there he's visiting, he needed some time. Um, but to go to Mexico right after the crime, when you are the sole eyewitness to the potentially the crime of the century, and as you brought up in the segment, you have a, a pretty significant injury, a 5.56 five, or 223 round to the leg, is really beyond perplexing. There's, there's yes. no convenient explanation for it. Well, I don't think it's possible. I don't think if you were hit with that round in, squarely in your leg, you'd be going anywhere because it would have destroyed your leg. But I, look, I, I'm not, I don't mean to impugn the character of, of Jesus Campos. I don't know anything about the man. I felt sorry for him. I still do. He was injured. True. But the behavior of the people around him is so weird and weird in a specific way. They're trying to control access to him. They're trying to control the story about him. They're clamping down on information about him and his actions, why would they be doing that? Is it MGM doing that? What is going on? Yeah, no, and I'm with you. I'm, I'm not, neither am I. I'm, I'm certainly not trying to impugn his character either. I mean, this guy was, was a victim of this crime as well. It, but the, the, that doesn't make the questions go away. Police at first said Campos was shot midway through the suspect's attack on the concert crowd, crediting him with saving lives by diverting the shooter's attention. Then their story changed when they said he was shot six minutes before the attack. The story changed once again with both police and MGM officials saying Campos was shot within seconds of the suspect opening fire on the festival crowd. But it took police 12 minutes to get to the 32nd floor suite and by then the shooting had stopped. It all raises questions about how quickly Mandalay Bay notified police about Campos's report that he'd been shot. Campos's silence has fueled much speculation about why he has not spoken publicly. The behavior of, for example, the Clark County Sheriff, our producer Charlie Cougar called over there today to ask a simple question about licensing. This guy doesn't seem to have had a license as a security guard. You know, whatever. What, what are the rules? Yeah. And they were so defensive and they yelled at him and hung up. Yeah. The spokesmen don't typically act that way when they're asked a simple question. What is that about? Yeah, well, especially from a major media outlet. I mean, it's not like you were calling from a local blog. I mean, this is a credible media outlet that reports on stories like this all the time. And, Tucker, we have to remember, you know, this is, I, I get it. I, we all respect law enforcement's role in this. We understand. But this was a crime perpetrated on the American people. People are justifiably concerned right. about why it happened, and we have no answers. You have to expect there's going to be profound media interest in this. And, yeah, answering like that doesn't help. Right. I mean, I respect law enforcement, but if you want respect, behave in a way that earns it. So many questions and not too many answers. If you want me to delve more into this or other older conspiracies that are not JFK, that one's been done to death, death, excuse me, let me know down below. Thanks for uh, taking this interesting last minute journey with me. I know this is outside the usual way of reporting lately, but this is kind of how my BCP brand started. Investigative journalism going down these rabbit holes. Until tomorrow, 
Ciao, goodbye. God bless. Power!